So we're exploring Paul's uh, teaching in Romans chapter 5 in regard to the salvation of the whole human race. Just as uh, everyone came under condemnation and judgment in Adam, so also people, everyone will come under justification to life in Jesus Christ. That's five, Romans 5.18. There are many people that would not take me seriously on this because they'd think, well, Colin, you're just dealing with Romans, but there are a lot of other passages in Scripture. Uh, yes, you may think that, and there isn't always time to uh, to uh, lay it all out in the radio program. But as I did the other day, I showed you that uh, the sheep and the goats are not an excluded issue in regard to the salvation of all mankind, because God is saving the sheep who have come to believe in Jesus by faith alone, and God will save the goats by bringing them into judgment until they come to a faith in Jesus Christ. You say, well, okay, I, I heard that, and I think I can uh, follow it and uh, believe you may be right there, but what about election? What about the, uh, what Scripture says about election? Well, I realize again that um, this is a major subject that can't be covered entirely in a, small, a short uh, broadcast like mine, but let's uh, deal with some of it. First of all, or rather, let's ask this question. What is God's purpose for the elect? Well, in Romans 9, verse 23, he says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Now, obviously, these are the elect because they've been prepared beforehand for glory. And uh, the, his purpose is that these people might make known the riches of his glory. So the elect, the remnant, are chosen, you see, not because God picks some and not others, not because they are God's favorites, uh, separated from those he's chosen to reject. Believers, Christians all over the world, from one generation to the next, believing Jews and Gentiles and those who lived in anticipation of the Messiah's coming, as well as all who have received him gladly since, are a remnant in the world, not only because God has merciful love towards them and has therefore elected them and called them, but also because he has a purpose for them, to make known the riches of his glory upon them. But to make it known to whom? That's the important question. Who are, the, who are going to get the benefit of this revelation? Who gets to know the riches of God's glorious mercy that he pours into the vessels of mercy? Some say, well, they do, the ones who are elected, the ones he's having mercy on. They're the ones that God makes the riches of his glory known to. Well, certainly God wants to shower his glory on the vessels of mercy themselves out of pure love for them, just as Paul stated in one of his letters to the Thessalonians, that at the second coming of Jesus he will be glorified in his saints, admired among those who believe. That's 2 Thessalonians 1.9. But there's more to it than that. And it's not what the dark alley Christians think, those people who believe that God has elected some to be saved and some to be lost, they contend that God makes known his glorious mercy on the vessels of mercy in order, as it were, to rub it in the faces of the vessels of wrath whom, he's, whom God's rejected. 
so that God's justice, in contrast to his mercy, might stand out like a super-neon light in hell, while the saved look on thankful that they're not there. But that is emphatically not Paul's meaning. For when he picks up this thought again in chapter 11, he says that it is the disobedient, the disobedient, notice, the vessels of wrath, who receive mercy through the mercy shown you. Now, did you get that? It is the disobedient, the vessels of wrath, who receive mercy through the mercy shown you. The mercy shown to one group, then, is to spread to the other group. That is, the mercy shown to the vessels of mercy leads to the vessels of wrath, the disobedient ones, to want mercy too, which they obtain. So here's the text in question. This is Romans 11, 11, verses 30 and 31. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so, these also have now been disobedient, that the mercy shown you through that mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. Now, that may be a little bit of a conundrum, so let me explain it. For you who were once disobedient, that's the Gentiles, you have now obtained mercy through their, their disobedience. Whose disobedience? The Jews. Even so, these also who have now been disobedient, that is, the Jews who refuse to believe in the Messiah, they, through the mercy shown you, the Gentiles, will also obtain mercy. You see what God's playing at? He's getting one group to influence the other. So then the, mercy, the vessels of mercy have a mission, and it's a mission to the vessels of wrath. And that mission is to make known to the vessels of wrath the riches of his glory on them, that is, on the vessels of mercy, so that the vessels of wrath prepared, that is, having fitted themselves for destruction, that's Romans 9.22, also called vessels of dishonor, that's 9.21, might themselves receive mercy and be saved. Do you get it? There's a dynamic relationship, you see, between vessels of wrath and vessels of mercy. These are not static states. Why, after all, does Paul call the elect vessels of mercy? Why does he call them that? Because they've been filled to the brim with it. But who were these people who received mercy? Well, obviously sinners who had been under God's judgment, once themselves vessels of wrath, vessels of dishonor, subject to Adam's kingdom of sin and death. In other words, every human being. Think, for instance, of what Paul says to Timothy. Quote, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, that is, a vessel of mercy, sanctified and useful for the master. That's 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. The vessels of mercy, then, you see, cleanse themselves from being vessels of wrath and become vessels of mercy. 
God elected and called them for purposes of mercy towards them. So crucial it is to notice movement, you see, from vessels of wrath to vessels of mercy. People are not stuck in these positions. That's why the vessels of mercy exist, to make known the glory of God's mercy to vessels of wrath, so that the rest of the world can receive mercy. Now, that the vessels of wrath are not fated for eternal destruction is clear in Romans 9 through 11. That passage is not a mystery. What is the mystery is that Christians have got so confused about it. The vessels of wrath are convertible. What's more, the passage makes it clear that they will be redeemed. Think of the following. I'm going to outline some texts below. We're going to look at the word election and elect, and they occur four times in Romans 9 through 11. And the idea of election, at least five times. So contrary to our assumptions, it is not used of a few, but applied right across the board. Are you ready? One, some in ancient Israel are elected. Where does it say that? Romans 9, verses 9 to 12. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son, and not only this, but when Rebekah also has had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet born, not having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it is said to her, the older shall serve the younger. So, some in ancient Israel are elected. Right, now then, two, many Gentiles and Jewish believers at the time of Christ are elected, and therefore, by inference, all who are believers in Christ throughout the ages are elected. Where do we have that? Romans 9, verses 23 and 24. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So you see, many Jews and Gentiles in Paul's day are elected. Now three, a literal Jewish, what I call a representational remnant, is elected at the time of Paul. Where do we have that? That's Romans 11, verse 5. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. Or do you not know about the remnant in uh, Elijah's day he's referring to? Even so, then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So, there's a remnant at the time of Paul that's elected. And then four, then it is declared that all Israel will be saved because they are elected. Where do we find that? Romans 11, verse 28. And so all Israel will be saved. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. So all Israel is elected. <laughs> this is amazing. And then point five. Finally, to complete this astonishing plan, all Israel and all the Gentiles are elected because we are told God intends to have mercy on all, 
And mercy is, as we have seen, the ultimate goal of election. Where's that? Romans 11, verses 30 and 30 to 32. For just as you Gentiles were at one time disobedient to God, vessels of wrath, that is, but now have received mercy, become vessels of mercy, that is, because of their, that is, Israel's disobedience, so now, so too, so they too, Israel, have now been disobedient in order, in order that by the mercy shown to you, the Gentiles, they, that is Israel, the Jews, also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. That's Romans 11, verses 30 to 32. So the, the passage between Romans 9 through to Romans 11 teaches that all are elected and then called at various circumstances and time periods and for the purpose of revealing and proclaiming to the others who have not yet been called but are elected the glory of God's mercy so that God might finally have mercy on all. So let me tell you, we're not dealing with this lightly. The salvation of everyone includes every last sheep and goat. And the salvation of everyone includes everyone being elected. And that, my dear friend, includes you. Hello there, Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You can hear this program any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens when you get there. Would you consider a donation to the Ministry of Faith Quest Perspectives? It's now in its 46th year, and the radio program is, is in its 26th year. You can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. I need your donations. They keep the broadcast going. It's listener-supported radio. I'll see you next time. Cheerio, and God bless. <laughs> 